This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a weekly show where we learn what it means to rise above the human condition. We hope the conversation today is just what you need for the week ahead. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Transcend Human Podcast, April 18th, 2022. Glad that you chose to join us. Uh, Like I always say, another sunny Monday morning here in Southern California. And I really don't have a lot to talk about here at the top of the show other than, wow, what a crazy world we're living in, right? Here we are coming out of a two-year pandemic. Things seem to be getting better, but then you, you know, keep hearing reports about new variants and the potential for, you know, things to ramp back up again. And so you're just living in this land of uncertainty all the time. And then you throw in the war, you know, Russia invading Ukraine. And what a sad thing that is to have to sit in and hear of the heartbreak and the death and the violence that's going on in that part of the world. And that's the world we're living in, right? That's the backdrop this this life of uncertainty with all of these things going on and those are just two of who knows how many that that have led to us feeling this sense of anxiety and tension about the way the world is headed but that's where we're at and we are going to jump in today with that as our backdrop the minute of transparency when lazy got the best of me So when you look back, was there a time in your life when you would say, man, I was lazy back then? Maybe when you were a bit younger, before you had kids, or maybe it's you right now. I don't know. But for me, there was a definite period of time when I would say that I was lazy. And unfortunately, it got the best of me. Now, before that, I was good to go. Uh, I grew up in the in the West. I grew up in Wyoming. I was an active kid, always outside, riding bikes, playing sports, and just exploring the world around me. And when I was 12, my parents decided it would be fun for my dad and I to take a father-son trip somewhere. So my dad was into biking at the time, so we set off on this month-long bike trip. Uh, we each had Trek 18-speed touring bikes. Loaded down with travel packs, we carried clothes, tent, sleeping bags, food, all of that stuff for our trip. Every day we got up, we rode until we made it to the next stop, and then we pitched a tent and explored. Day in and day out for 30 days. The trip started in Powell, Wyoming, and we ended up in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Altogether, I think it was over 2,300 miles that we we rode quite a trip and something I'll never forget. But that just seemed to be par for the course for me. Uh, A few years later in high school, I played every sport available, worked out, ran, biked, just constantly doing something. Same through college and then while dating Tammy. And then we had kids. And for some reason, all of that activity shifted to them. My life changed from being active to simply reacting to the needs of the family. I poured myself into work, but that was sitting behind a desk most of the time. The rest of the time was spent chasing kids around, picking them up, uh, coaching their soccer and hockey teams, things like that. 
Maybe I thought I was being active, but at some point in my mid-30s, I bent over to pick up a toy off the ground and my back gave up the ghost. From that point on, I've had a love-hate relationship with my spine, my vertebrae, and the discs that no longer want to cushion the, the vertebrae they live between. You know, throw in a doctor's visit where I was told that my cholesterol was high and I was just done, right? I was frustrated. I was angry at the world. And most of the time I was in pain because of my back. So what did I do? I started drinking, of course, which led to another eight years of inactivity. Sure, on the outside, it looks like you're active, right? You're working every day, you're coaching your kids, you're going on vacation, you're tending the yard, you're keeping the house from falling apart, but yet somehow inactive still, stuck in a tunnel of routine and laziness that seemed to take over for a season. Sound familiar? When you look back at your life, do you have a similar story or one that is way different, but one that had the same impact on you and your life? If so, you picked a good episode to jump into. This week, we're talking about inactivity in various forms and what we can do to break the cycle. How can we move into a new phase of life and leave the old one behind? So today's topic, transcending inactivity. We're going to talk through three things, inactivity times three, what's next, and how do I get there? Number one, inactivity times three. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time defining the word inactive. Let's just agree that it's the opposite of being active, since we all know what that means, right? But what I do want to do is spend some time on what inactivity looks like from three different perspectives. So physical inactivity, emotional inactivity, and spiritual inactivity. So let's start with the physical. I think on some level, this is where we actually get the term lazy from, right? When we choose not to be physically active. To be fair, though, it's not a one for one. I mean, if Albert Einstein wasn't physically active, would we call him lazy? I mean, if anything else, his brain certainly did its share of exercise. So no, we can't really call a person lazy just because they aren't physically active. But at the same time, the correlation is there. I mean, in the minute of transparency, didn't I refer to myself as lazy when I stopped being physically active? Maybe because looking back, it felt like it was a form of laziness, right? I had a lot going on, but I wasn't doing much to keep myself fit, strong, or healthy. And that inactivity or stagnation led to a weak core, which then led to a fragile back. Or at least that's what the doctor told me. Basically, he said I sat at a desk too much and I was sitting incorrectly on soft chairs and couches. So I can see the benefit of being active. A while back, I started running three times a week. Then after a while, that turned into walking three times a week. And now I'm back to being lazy again. Uh, I blame it on the cold mornings that we've had for the past few months, but I'm sure it isn't the only reason. It's really time to get back into a minimal exercise routine, at least for me. Next, emotional inactivity. So interesting question. What does it mean to be emotionally inactive? Well, let's try on a few things. We could say that we're emotionally unavailable, 
right? Closed off, not willing to feel anything. Or maybe we struggle to feel the right emotion at the right time. So maybe we're sad when the average person would be happy. Or maybe we're stuck in a certain emotion all the time. Maybe we're always sad, always angry, always anxious, etc. All of these could be clumped into what I'm calling um, emotional inactivity, but they also sound a lot like mental health problems, right? And that's what I really mean by being emotionally inactive. It's living a life without fully feeling it, being checked out on some level, or struggling to deal with the emotions that we're experiencing. Or in my case, possibly numbing my discomfort, my negative emotions with a substance. For me, alcohol was the quick fix for a lot of these things. And looking back, I have to assume that there was an emotional element to it. There's a good chance that I was angry about things like my back going out on me, having high cholesterol, despite living most of my life trying to eat well and exercise in order to be healthy. And then maybe there was a level of depression around things like not living up to my own expectations, not living according to my conscience, right? Behaving in ways that go against my morals and values. Or maybe because I wasn't making enough money for my family. And then there may have been some existential component to it, right? Something that I'm going to refer to as not heeding the call. It's just this nagging that I had in my soul, this feeling that I wasn't doing what I was created to do. A feeling that I was supposed to start writing or to keep writing. Uh, By that time, I'd written an entire manuscript, but I put it on a shelf and I didn't really see it through. So maybe that was all part of it. At any rate, I learned two very important things during that time in my life. First, alcohol was a crutch, and I was probably using it to mask my emotional inactivity. But second, the unfortunate side effect was that alcohol caused a whole lot more emotional inactivity. Like I said in the minute of transparency, on the outside, it looked like I was active, right? I worked, I coached the kids, we went on vacation, I tended the yard, I kept the house from falling apart. But on some level, I wasn't active at all. I was just going through the motions, living in a tunnel of routine, but getting nowhere. This emotional inactivity looked a lot like me not dealing with my stuff, right? Living in a fog. Uh, My wife not getting all of me and wondering how bad things were going to get my kids not getting the dad they deserved, all things that happened because of the use of alcohol. And finally, spiritual inactivity. So this one's a bit easier to explain than emotional inactivity. Simply put, spiritual inactivity is choosing not to be spiritual or neglecting it along the way. Just like physical activity, right? Choosing not to exercise. We're all spiritual beings, whether we want to admit it or not. Uh, Rob Bell puts on conferences called Everything is Spiritual for a reason. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. In, in our series on controversy theory, we did an entire episode called To Be Human is to Worship. And then a few weeks ago, uh, in the episode called Transcending Meaning, we talked about the God-shaped whole. But no matter how you describe it, we are spiritual beings. If you believe that we were created you almost have to believe in this spiritual connection. There is something deep inside each of us, this longing to know the one who created us. Need an illustration? 
Okay, how about one? Uh, let's say that you have an adopted girl who spends her entire adult life searching for her birth mother. Why? She had a great childhood. Her adoptive family was incredible and showed her love. But still, there is this connection that was broken, a connection that she longs to find and understand. And so it is with God, right? The spiritual connection is there in all of us, but it's up to us if we seek it out or not. Spiritual inactivity looks like this. It's us choosing not to engage with this desire or living oblivious to it or allowing it to fade off into the distance because we're too busy. Not engaging in activities that would strengthen the connection we have with our creator and engaging in activities that make it harder to hear him calling. So there you have it. Inactivity in three different colors. The way I describe them suggests that they're completely separate, right? That you could be active in one and inactive in the other two or active in two and inactive in the other one. And maybe this is true. But in my life, I actually found that these three are interestingly interconnected in some strange way. And that inactivity in one or more of them actually impacts all three. Simply put, my physical inactivity led to drinking, which enhanced my emotional inactivity, which in turn amplified my spiritual inactivity. Have you ever found that in your life? That there are pieces of you that are all connected and pulling one of them in one direction actually tugs on every other piece? For me, this became very clear. Number two, what's next? Okay, now we're getting to the fun part. So the next two sections are really the main reason I recorded this episode. It was fun talking about inactivity, but the phrase that I kept saying over and over and over to myself for the past two weeks was this, what's next and how do I get there? Let me repeat that. What's next and how do I get there? So let's start with what's next. Have you ever asked yourself that before? A few times, numerous times, perhaps it was at the end of a phase of life, right? When you moved from middle school to high school or from when you graduated from high school or college, or maybe when you quit a job or let go from a job or when a relationship ended or when a loved one passed away, right? These are all times when you may have asked yourself, what's next? And when you asked yourself this question, what were you looking for? For me, these life transitions typically included two things, a sense of uncertainty and a sense of discomfort. So for me, answering the question, what's next, was a desire to return to center so that I would again have a destination, something that I was working toward. And along with this came a sense of comfort, security, and peace. Now, my assumption is that most of us feel this way during times of transition, right? Some just more deeply than others. But what if you aren't going through a time of transition? What if you are knee-deep in inactivity, and that's the reason you're asking what's next? This was my mindset when I kept asking, what's next, and how do I get there? It was coming less from a place of transition and uncertainty and more from a place of inactivity stagnation. And that inactivity started to demand answers. Are you tracking now? Have you asked what's next 
recently for this reason, because you're just stuck. You're stuck in a rut of inactivity and you know there has to be more. There has to be something bigger, better. If so, you're in good company. Now, before we identify what that is for me and for you, I want you to hear me say this. You are enough just the way you are. No strings attached. You're enough. Let me say that again. You are enough just the way you are. No strings attached. You are enough. Now, I need you to hear me say that because episodes like this can suggest that that's not true, right? They can suggest that we have to keep bettering ourselves in order to find our value. But that's not true. It's a lie that we often fall for. The truth is this. We don't transcend human in order to find our value. We have value and we come to believe it And then we transcend human because we can't help ourselves. We feel indebted to the universe because of this value we have. We want to give back. We want to pay it forward so that others will see the same thing and do the same. In essence, it's the circle of life, right? Working to make the world a better place. Okay, back to what's next. Obviously, I can't answer this for you because what's next for me may not be what's next for you. Each of us will have our own next thing, and we have to figure that out for ourselves. Uh, In a recent episode we did, Transcending 2022, um, I asked you to think of it this way. One, ask better questions. Two, find your vibe. And three, stretch yourself. And this is really what we're doing today, right? We're asking questions of ourselves in order to determine the vibe we want in the future, And then we're stretching ourselves by identifying what's next. So to start you on this process, I suggest we look again at the inactivity categories we already walked through, physical, emotional, and spiritual, because our what's next might be in one of those categories. So let's start with physical. Maybe your what's next is a new job, a new hobby, a new habit. Uh, a new exercise routine, a new relationship. Or it might be the exact opposite of that. Maybe it's quitting a job, quitting a hobby, quitting an addiction, quitting an exercise routine that's being done for the wrong reasons, quitting a relationship, right? All things that are physical in nature. Next, maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's choosing to think differently, choosing to stop thinking so little or thinking irrationally. Maybe it's choosing to be more relational, choosing to be more honest or transparent with the people around you. Maybe it's setting up better boundaries. Maybe it's standing up for yourself more. And then spiritual. Maybe it's choosing to lean into your spiritual side, to listen to your conscience, to add spiritual discipline to your life. Maybe you're going to stop avoiding the spirituality piece in your life. Maybe you're going to stop putting up barriers to growth in this area. Uh, Maybe you're going to look for a more spiritual friend group or choose not to be around unhealthy people as often, especially if they're part of the problem keeping you from growing in this area. Now, these aren't fully fleshed out lists, obviously. These are just ideas to get us thinking in the right direction. Hopefully, a few of these things piqued your interest and gave you some ideas on what your what's next could be. Number three, how do I get there? 
Okay, so back to the phrase for the day, what's next and how do we get there? We spent time identifying what our what's next is, but once we have one or two, how do we proceed, right? How do we get from where we are to where we want to be? I'm sure there are hundreds of ways, but today I'm just going to throw out two suggestions. So first, make it a habit. Two, be accountable. First, make it a habit. So I think we all heard that it takes 21 days or something like that to make something a habit, right? But I think things have changed a little since we heard that. That's kind of old school, kind of like the way CPR changes every year or two, right? Uh, Is it 15 compressions in one breath or is it 30 compressions in two breaths? I mean, where are we at, right? And it's the same thing with habit formation. The new wisdom actually suggests that 21 days might be okay for small things, but for larger habits that we're trying to put into place, um, ones that require a major life change, it might actually take longer. So according to an article on capespace.com, they say that we should really follow the 2190 rule. So you do new things for 21 straight days. Then once you've created the habit, you continue it for another 90 days. And it's really the 90 days that solidify this in our brains, in our neuro pathways. So if this is true, take your what's next and create a schedule. Let's just use exercise as an example, because it's an easy one. So I would put it on the calendar, right? Maybe it's 6 a.m. every morning walking around the neighborhood, or maybe it's four days a week at 9 p.m. at night going to the gym. Whatever it is, do that for the next three weeks or 21 days. Then keep that up for the next three months, 90 days. One more. Uh, Let's say that your your what's next is emotional, right? You want to stop being inactive emotionally. And to do this, we're going to put ourselves out there and be more social and transparent. Again, it might help to actually add it to the calendar. Maybe you'll set up a lunch with a close friend once a week, or maybe rotate through friends and family in order to set up more lunch dates at least once or twice a week. Then decide that you're going to reach out to at least one person a day, in person, over the phone, by text, or whatever, And tell them how you're doing. Not just how you want them to think you're doing, but how you are actually doing, even if you aren't feeling 100%. Again, add these things to your routine for the next three weeks. And then keep doing that for the next three months. And hopefully over that time, a new habit will be formed. Next, be accountable. So I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but one of the best ways to keep from doing something or to procrastinate or to kill something off is to keep it hidden from everyone else. For example, if you've told yourself that you need to start going to the gym, but nobody else knows you told yourself that, you've just given yourself an easy out. You've made it very easy to say things like, yeah, I just don't really feel it this week, maybe next week. Or, well, I walked up the stairs today. I think that counts. Or my favorite, I moved the spoon from my bowl to my mouth so many times today, I can't imagine I need to go to the gym now, right? So easy to play these dumb games with ourselves when we're the only one responsible. But 
What happens when we open ourselves up to another person? In doing this, we create what's called accountability. And I would suggest that it comes in two different flavors, random and intentional. So let's talk about random accountability. This is the most basic form, and it simply requires you to tell another person what you're up to. This is a good step, but not one that you can really count on. So for example, I randomly tell a friend, yeah, so I've been thinking about going to the gym more often. They respond, that's great. I love that you have that motivation. Now, the friend may never bring it up again, which is not helpful. Or maybe you run into the friend a couple weeks later and the friend says, hey, I've been thinking about you. How's that whole gym thing going? Now that is helpful, right? Because you realize that the other person knows what you're trying to do and they may randomly check to see if you're actually doing it. But still, very random. Next is intentional accountability. So obviously this one is a bit more rigorous, right? It not only requires you to tell another person, but it requires you to come to an agreement with that person on some level, right? An agreement where either the friend checks up on you on a regular basis to check and see if you're doing what you said you were going to do, Or maybe it's an agreement where you and your friend are willing to do the same thing together. So using the gym example, maybe you and a friend decide to go together. Three to five times a week, you meet at the gym, you work out, and you hold each other accountable in the process. So there you go. Just some ideas on finding what's next and how to get there. So let's land the plane. This week, ask yourself these questions. First, Where do I struggle with inactivity? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Is it spiritual? Is it two of the three? Is it all three? Number two, what's next for me? So did you find something in one of those three areas that we talked about? Physical, emotional, spiritual? Um, If not, keep working on that this week and try to identify what's next for you. And then How are you going to get there, right? How are you going to form that habit starting even this week? And then is there somebody that would keep you accountable to this new habit, to starting this new thing, to doing what's next for you? Is there a person that you can count on to talk it through? Someone who will remind you, somebody who maybe you can do the same thing with. And that's it. That's it for this week, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on the journey. What's up next? Uh, Next week, we are going to look at the human condition in all its glory. Um, I'm going to do a second episode of Transcending the Struggle. So it'll be part two of Transcending the Struggle. I can't even remember when the last one was, but we're going to kind of dust that off and we're going to take it to the next level. So until then, everyone, have a great week. Start your what's next. And as always, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, head on over to transcendhuman.com forward slash podcast and navigate to the episode you're looking for. On the website, you'll also find blog posts, podcast series, and other helpful resources to help you navigate the Transcend Human ecosystem. 
You'll also find links to our social media channels. And as always, if you have questions, feel free to contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning.